goes along pretty good with the message tonight. Acts chapter number 5. Acts chapter number 5. And uh, we've got uh, an exciting few verses here. I want us to continue in our study in the book of Acts. We see the early church, the power of God resting upon the apostles. I began to think about how back in Acts chapter number 3, Peter and John went up to the temple to pray. And uh, this kind of started this whole section that we're in when they healed the lame man. And uh, after that healing, of course, they were thrown in jail overnight, threatened and turned loose. But they prayed, the church prayed for boldness for the men of God. God answered that prayer and they went back down to the temple and they began to preach, uh, even though they had been threatened uh, not to uh, preach in the name of Christ. And they were told uh, uh, not to do that. Uh, and we see it. We left off last week. They were there at Solomon's porch. They'd returned to the scene of the crime. And uh, they're healing folks. Folks are getting healed. People's bringing sick folk out. And the fame of these disciples are beginning to spread throughout all of Jerusalem. Everybody's hearing about them. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that the devil is going to take that line down? <laughs> Do you think the devil's going to say, that's all right, just let them boys go on, let them boys preach, let them boys uh, uh, spread the gospel? Do you think the devil's going to take that line down? Oh, no. We'll see tonight that the devil gets his crowd all wound up and uh, gets back on the attack, back on the rampage. But I'll say something tonight before I get to preaching. It Actually, it makes me a little nervous when the devil ain't doing nothing. That's what makes me nervous. When the devil's a-fighting and things is happening, I don't like it. I'll, I'll complain and bellyache about it and all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to tell you something. The devil only pesters those uh, who are doing something for Christ. Uh, so when you get the devil stirred up, you've done something right. Amen. Let's look together in verse number. Uh, we'll begin our reading tonight in verse number 17. The Bible said, Then the high priest rose up, and all that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in, co in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand, and speak in the temple to all the people, the people all the words of this life. When they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and they were with him and called the council together, and all the sin of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly we found shut with all safety. And the keeper standing without before the doors. But when we'd open, we found no man within. Boy, that's a problem, ain't it? Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. 
Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in the prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people lest they should have been stoned. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, would you help us to preach tonight? God, we can't preach unless you show up. God, we need you, Lord, this morning or this evening, Father, to do a work in our midst. I, I pray, God, as we study here from the book of Acts, Lord, that you instruct our heart. God, that you'd help us, Lord, get something out of each and every verse. We'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I don't really have a good outline tonight. Um, I tried to develop one all afternoon and, uh, in my study and trying to get some things together. But God just kept uh, touching my heart about just going through these verses and just preaching a little along. As we go down through here, and he highlighted some things for me. I rarely ever uh, preach without an outline. Y'all know that, almost always do, uh, have an outline. Uh, but I believe God has us going a little different route tonight. So I'm just going to come down through here preaching, and uh, I'm going to highlight some of the things that the Lord highlighted for me today, and we'll see how long that lasts. Amen. I will, we'll see here that these men are, uh, they're down there, and uh, they've returned to the scene of the crime, but like I said, uh, it didn't last long. Now look at verse 17. I want to point out a word in verse 17 that I believe is important. The high priest, he's mad now. He's going to go uh, get things even with these disciples. Uh, but look what the Bible said. The Bible said that the high priest uh, was filled with indignation. He was filled with with indignation. Now that's an interesting word, that word indignation. I got looking at it, and you can study it in your Strongs, and what you'll find out is that other times in the King James Bible, uh, this word, this Greek word that's translated indignation, other times is translated envy, uh, and many times is translated jealousy. Uh, you know what, you know what is really was wrong uh, with this high priest? Uh, that these men had the power of God and they, this high priest was powerless. And when the high priest saw that these other men had the power of God, it struck his heart with jealousy. And I say to you tonight, I believe there's a lot of people that hate a lot of hate on preachers and hate on Christians and they make up a lot of stories and they make up a lot of lies, but down deep inside what's wrong with them is they've got the old green-eyed monster. They're jealous really down deep inside. They're envious of other people's work ministry and they have indignation in their heart. We see that word indignation. We see that the priest, he was full of jealousy. Boy, he'd just gotten mad. There was this bunch of disciples, all of them, even Matthew's, is up there, and boy, the power of God is on their ministry. And they, he said, boy, they're not going to get by with that. And he was filled with indignation. Now look what the Bible said. The Bible said in verse 18, and they laid their hands on the apostles. Now, it's interesting to note, this is the second time now that the high priest has ordered somebody to lay hands on the apostles. I'm going to say a couple things right here. 
Number one, can I say that it's dangerous ground to lay your hands on God's man. That's dangerous ground. And it don't matter if you literally lay hold or if you lay your old tongue on the man of God. Either way, that's dangerous ground. But we see that they laid hands showing the seriousness of the, uh, of, of the crime which they felt that the apostles had committed. Now, I pointed this out to you, I believe, a few weeks ago when we first went over where they'd laid hands on the apostles. But I don't believe we're long in America before they go to laying their hands on us. They've done a lot of threatening and a lot of talking now for a long time. But I really don't see how it could be much longer until they lay their hands on us. Now, notice what the Bible said. The Bible said that they put them into the common prison. The common prison. Now, that would have been the prison outside the temple. They had a jail cell there. It was called the common prison because it was easily accessible by the general public. Typically, they put people in the common prison that they wanted to embarrass. And so they thought to themselves, we'll put these men in the common prison. They'll be stuck there a day or two. Everybody can come by and laugh at them, make fun of them. We'll really degrade them in the sight of the people. Word will get out that they ain't nothing but a bunch of jailbirds, and they'll go home in disgrace. But how many of you are glad tonight that the priest, the, the high priest may have had a plan, but God had a different plan. Amen. And so they locked them up down there in the prison, the common prison, so that they could make fun of them and talk. But look what the Bible said. The Bible said, but the angel of the Lord. Now, can I remind you how this chapter started off? Look back at it, verse 1 of chapter 5. But a certain man named Ananias. You remember what I told you? you every, every time that things start going good at the church, the devil butts in. Well, here we see that the Lord's a fixing to butt in. How many of you are glad tonight when the Lord butts in? Oh, boy, there ain't nothing like So the Lord is fixing to butt in. Look what he said. The Bible said, but the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth. Now, I want to preach a little bit on freedom, but I, I'm going to hang on to that just a second. I'm going somewhere. I'm going to skip over verse 19. We're going to circle back around to it. Look at verse 20. Here's what the angel of the Lord said. Go, stand, and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. This is really where I wanted to get to preach tonight. As a matter of fact, if I titled tonight's message, it would be of this life. When I read that today, Brother Marvin, them words jumped off of, my, off of the page to me. Of this life. Look at it now. Look what the angel said. The angel said that they should preach all the words of this life. I got to thinking about that. I got to thinking about the life that the Lord Jesus Christ has allowed me to live. Can I report to you tonight there's not any better life to live than the life of being saved by the grace of God. Here the angel of the Lord calls Christianity this life. Can I say to you tonight that this life is better than any life? Can I say to you tonight that this life that I'm preaching about tonight is a life of freedom? 
back in verse 19, they're locked in the jail cell. In comes the angel of the Lord. I wish there was a little more detail. I'd love to know exactly how that happened, however it happened. However, the angel got those men out. Apparently, the keeper of the jail cell standing on the outside didn't even see them come out. I don't know if he transported them up and over. I don't know exactly how all that happened, but what I know is this. There's not a prison big enough to lock God's people up if God wants to turn them loose. Amen. I'm glad God is in the freeing business. He's in the prison opening business. As a matter of fact, I believe we'll find him opening three different prisons in the book of Acts. I'm glad, thank God, God can set you free and turn you loose. I don't know about anybody else, but when I was lost, I was bound and in my sin, a hell-deserving sinner. But when Jesus came by, he set me free, and this way of life is the way of freedom. Let me say to you, I'm free to worship. I am. I'm free to you say, what if they throw you in jail? They still can't stop me. It's like praying. They can't stop me. I've got that freedom in my soul. There's nothing that this world can do to me that can stop me from worshiping and stop me from praying. I have soul freedom. I have the ability to do that because Jesus set me free. He made me a free man in my heart and in my soul. And I praise God for this way of life. It was a, it was a life of, it's a life of freedom. Can I say to you tonight, it's a life of miracles. Amen. You say, preacher, you mean you've seen miracles? Boy, you ain't just kidding. Miracle after miracle. And the greatest one of all is that I'm standing up here preaching the word of God and not drunk in some gutter somewhere tonight. That's a miracle of God. It's a miracle of God. You're sitting here on a Wednesday night. I'm just trying to get you to appreciate this life. I mean, there's another life that you could have been living, but you're not living that life. You're living this life. That's what the angel of the Lord called it. He said, what you boys are living, it's this life. You're living the life. Can you imagine the night where your life would be without the Lord Jesus Christ? And you're living this life now. Well, we ought to everyone take time out and say, glory, hallelujah. I'm glad that we're living this life now. It's a better life. It's a renewed life. It's a born again life it's a great life we ought to be stirred up to be living the life said this life it's a life of miracles I was recounting with somebody just the other day about what all had happened when Rachel had COVID and I'm telling you I don't know that anybody here knows how sick she was and there was times during that that I didn't think she'd live I didn't think she'd live but God worked things out, and I could, I could recount the story, but uh, it was miraculous how it happened. I mean, uh, we were getting good, great care from the doctor that she had at that, for that week, but uh, uh, her regular doctor was out with the flu, and then when her regular doctor came back in, she just called. She saw that Rachel had been diagnosed with COVID, so she just called me to check on, me, on her on my cell phone. She said, how's Rachel doing? I said, I think she's dying. And she said, let's get her them antibodies. I think that'd help her. And I said, well, I didn't know if that would be a good idea this late in the game. She said, yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. 
Boy, I can tell you, we, they called and called me back, line up them antibodies. It's going to take a day or two. And I got to talk to the little girl on the phone. She said, is this preacher Bradley Boone? I said, yeah. She said, uh, let me see what I can do. I said, listen, I said, my wife's a dying. If we don't do something, I don't think she's going to live. She said, let me see what I can do. I hadn't was able to line up them antibodies. I'm just saying, God works miracles still today. Uh, we limit God, but what a great life you and I are living uh, that are saved by the grace of God, washed in the blood. God's got miracle-working power. He's working things out for our good. That's this life. What a life. What a life. This life. It's a life of miracles. It's a life of opportunities. They, they freed them boys, and he said, Now go down yonder and preach, boys. Three things. I want you to go. I want you to stand. I want you to speak. Down at the temple, what an opportunity. And this morning, I got ready and put my suit on, and I rode out to Pleasant Valley, and I walked in the back door, and I started howdying some men that I have the utmost, highest respect for, cream of the crop. I was talking to men that, in my mind, are way up here above where I'm at. And uh, the first man got up to preach, and boy, he did an outstanding job. Brother Jimbo got up, and I'm going to be honest with you, I love to preach. I do. I love, I'll, I'll preach a drop the hat, drop the hat to preach. But when I get in a meeting like that, I'm sitting over there going, please not me, please not me, please not me, please not me. And he said, uh, he said, go have Bradley Boone come preach for us now. And I got up, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not just saying, this ain't false humility. I, honestly, I felt like a mule to Kentucky Derby. But I got up and I took my text and God got helping us preach and got helping things around the church and folks was getting help. When I got done, I went over and I sat down and I thought, what a life. That's this life. God don't have to use me to do anything. God don't have to bless me and use me to preach. God just let me, I mean, just being saved is good enough, ain't it? God don't have to bless you and let you teach Sunday school. Don't have to bless you and let you teach. Don't have to bless you and let you preach. Don't have to bless you and let you lead. But God, hey, it's a life of opportunities. He opens doors. What a life. What a life. It was this life. Now notice what he said. He said, I want you to go and I want you to speak all the words of this life. Now, I want to point out something right there. That word speak, he didn't say teach. In the Greek, that word means general conversation. He said, boys, I want you to go down to the temple. And when you meet somebody in the way, you just say, let me tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ. Just general conversation. In other words, your general conversation, boys, go down there and just talk about the Lord. Just go down there and tell them about Jesus. That's what this life is all about. Oh, it's great to be in here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. I love it. But this life is about Monday morning on the job site. This life's about Wednesday morning at the schoolhouse. This life is about how we're living day to day and talking our daily conversation. That's what this life is all about. It's more than a religion. It's more than something we do occasionally and come in here and talk about. It is a way of life. It's something we're doing every day. That is this life. Let me just finish up right here. 
The Bible said, when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and set them in the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keeper standing without before the doors. But when we'd, had, when we'd opened, we found no man within. Here the priest is. He's going, to, he's going to scourge. He's going to find them guilty. He's got the Sanhedrin together. But when they go to find them, God's done turned them loose. Now it's almost comical to me. Can't you see this man? He comes back up. He's kind of nervous. He said, I don't know what, I don't know what has happened. Them men that you've got, they're gone, they're gone. And they said, boy, that ain't good. Then somebody pops in and said, hey, I've got news for you. Them men you had in the prison, they didn't go far. They're down yonder in the temple telling everybody about Jesus. Now that really scared them. Look at this verse. The Bible says there in uh, verse number 24, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. See what the high priest said? He said, oh, Lord, we're in a mess now. There ain't no telling how far this will go. I mean, these men was already famous. Now they got out of our jail. Nobody knows how they did it. This is liable to really spread. Boy, we've got a problem. We've got to put a stop to this. It's getting out of hand. Boy, I'd like one time... I'd like for the devil to look at Concord Baptist Church and go, boy, now that bunch getting out of hand. If, if, they ain't no telling how far they'll grow. Ain't no telling, for, ain't no telling what that bunch is fixing to do. Boy, that, it's a getting out of hand. What's going on up there? Now look what he said. The Bible said, then they went to the captain of the officers and brought them without violence. For they feared the people. So here's how it looked. They're down there and they're worshiping. They're talking. Telling them about all the words of this life. All the life I've got. It's the greatest life to ever have. That's the greatest testimony you ever give. I mean, I can look at somebody and say, if you die, if you die you're going to hell, you sorry sinner. Or I can look at them and say, let me tell you what Jesus did in my life. Saved me and washed me and set my... I've never lived such a great life. That's the most effective testimony. Them boys down there, and they're just telling about the words of this life, all the words of this life. Oh, let me tell you about my great life. Let me tell you about what Jesus did. I see the high priest sends this captain up, and he just slips an arm around one of them and says, uh, the high priest needs you to come on up here. These boys ain't going to fight. They're on a mission from God. Whether it's down in the temple or whether it's up here in front of the Sanhedrin, they've gotten to the place where they're just allowing the Spirit to lead them. And so there's no violence involved. There's no fist to cuff. The high priest is afraid of the people. They just kind of slide an arm around them and say, come on up here and see the high priest in a minute. And so they lead them up there and set them out in front of the council. We're not going to get to it tonight. I'm, I'm right now done. I'm not going to get to it tonight. We'll get to it next Wednesday. But Peter's fixing to preach to a bunch of dignitaries again. And I'm going to say this one more time. 
being filled with the Spirit of God changes a man. Peter on the night of Calvary hid and ran, but now he's living this life. He's a different man. We're going to see him run his finger back out in the faces of the Sanhedrin and give them what for one more time. You know why? Because it's got Holy Ghost boldness. Aren't you glad for this life? It's the, greatest life, it's the greatest life anybody could ever live. I get to think about how good God has been to me and the blessings that I've seen him bring into, into my life. It's almost mind-blowing. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm blessed to have y'all as my friends. You know? I'm blessed to pastor this church. You know? I don't take it for granted. You can back me and help me and pray for me and put tires on my vehicle and gas in the truck up down the road. I was able to go out to Pleasant Valley this morning and go to church while a lot of you was working to pay my salary. That's a pretty big blessing to me. Uh, and it's not lost on me. God's blessed me with this life. This life. It's the greatest life ever. I wouldn't trade it with nobody. These people got mansions and cars, helicopters. I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade for this life. Peace of God when I lay down at night. Lay my head down at night and put, put my head on my pillow and I don't have to worry about if I died before morning, am I going to heaven? Am I going to hell? What's going to happen? Marion Adkinson preached this morning at Pleasant Valley and he made a very profound statement. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say it. He said, he said I spent my entire youth praying and wanting to go in the rapture of the church. He said, because I just didn't like the thoughts, the ideals of dying. But he said, now that I'm an old man, he said, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, I hope I get to go by death. I thought, never have heard nobody say that. But he explained himself. He's preaching from the 23rd Psalm. He said, there's something about dying and that shepherd being with you. He said, that's an experience that if you rapture, you'll never get to feel it. He said, the older I get, the more sweeter that whole experience starts to seem. He said, I'm not sure I want to cheat myself out of that experience of getting to walk through the valley of the shadow of death with my shepherd. Because he said, I imagine that's probably about the most personal experience that you'll ever have with the Lord. It's mind-blowing. What a life. All they can do is kill us. It's like J. Harold Smith told that fellow in that bar that night, stuck that 38 between his eyes. He said, you can't threaten me with heaven. That's exactly right. What a life. What a life. Let's stand our feet. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that you've given us to preach a little while tonight. The good spirit of God that we felt, Lord, here at the church this evening. God, we want to thank you for this life I want to thank you tonight for my life. Lord, it's the greatest life ever. 
Lord, every part of it, there's not anything I would change. Not a thing that I would change if I had the opportunity. And I want to thank you for this life. God, this way of walking with you. What a great, what a, what a great thing, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for setting my feet on a solid rock. Help us this remainder of this week, all of us, to be thankful for this life. And bless us now as only you can. And we'll praise your holy name for it in Jesus' name. Amen.